Some say he's a technical whiz. Some say he was born in Cornwall. While some say that he's on a journey. It's the journey, and here's your host, David Hackett. another journey and this journey takes us to a Harvard educated author and they are author of 41 children's books and a candid memoir for adults about joyfully overcoming food addictions and we'll get onto their website as well when we get through to them but today we welcome Bracker Gets to the journey. Hello. Hi there. Hello. <laughs> so I always like hearing how people start their journey. So let's start at the earliest memory you can remember. What is your I, earliest memory? It's significant because I remember, I, I don't think I remember before age four, but at age four, I remember wanting to be in school so much, but I wasn't old enough to go to school yet. And it was like this nursery school that I got to visit and I went inside and it felt like oh my gosh like this is like utopia here like this is everything in the world is here this is what I want like all the wisdom in the world is in this nursery school it seemed like paradise and I just was longing for it so much I mean I wasn't old enough to go but I, I still remember visiting that nursery school yeah, and I know for myself, nursery school was like that release where I could feel myself because it, I was, you know, early, you know, I liked a lot of things. You know, I liked books from early start and, you know, the earliest memories I had of books was my grandparents, my nan used to have like, four, you know, 10, 15 shelves dedicated to Mills and Boone's books. <laughs> so that's how yeah. I grew up, just watching that, reading those. And, you know, I liked loads of things, and school was a new challenge for me. Yes. Yes. So you liked school. You Did you... Was anything about school you enjoyed particularly? I I, I wanted to learn about everything. That was... I just wanted to learn about the world and get as much wisdom as possible. I, yeah, that that was my goal for almost my whole life. I think I, well, I still feel that way. <laughs> so going into the teens, as you got older, that passion for school learning never died. Nothing. You just wanted to build on what you learned. Yes. But it became a desperate search in my teen years. It was I, like I felt something very significant was missing and I didn't know what it was. So I feel that's when the uh, food addiction started. Um, it was like I could never get enough to fill me up. There was something that was missing something so deep and I didn't have a name for it. So again, I kept thinking, 
if I get enough knowledge, maybe that will fill the hole. And so I worked really hard in school. And I, you know, I, I got into Harvard. And even at Harvard, I also did really well. Like, I was an honors student there. But the, 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 the food addictions were actually getting worse while I was in Harvard. And because it wasn't filling the hole. I thought it would, and I kept trying more and more desperately, but it didn't. And I assume it was like an empty piece of you you couldn't replace because it was that difficult. Yes. Yes. So you were in Harvard, and obviously you were finding it difficult. Now, I've got no notes, so I'm just basing this on how we're talking, but... Being, you know, having food issues, you know, food difficulties, whatever you want to call it, you know, do you do you think that defined you? Do you think that made you see things differently? Do you think it made you better? Do you think it made you worse? It, it made my world very narrow. As the addictions got worse, my world, it's like being in a prison. An addiction is a prison that gets smaller and smaller. And um, ah, there was a good quote. Addiction is giving up everything for one thing. Recovery is giving up one thing for everything. Like when you recover from an addiction, the world comes back to you. Everything you had protected yourself off, you know, you put all these coverings on your life and made it very narrow. All of that opens up when you're able to crack open your addiction and break out of it. Yeah. And did you have any support helping you apart from your family? Did you have anyone supporting you? Or was it all you by yourself? It was very interesting because when things got to the absolute worst, when I hit rock bottom was actually... In medical school, after I graduated from Harvard, and I looked like I was a success, but inside I was miserable. And and as the when when you have an addiction, you do everything in secret. Nobody knows how you're suffering. So when I finally told, I, I went to see a psychiatrist when I was in my first year of medical school, and I said everything that I was doing. I like just let it all out, all my secrets. And the funny thing was, he was a Japanese psychiatrist. He said to me, I think when you, I have a, I had a summer break coming between my first and second year, six weeks off. He said, I think you're going to find yourself spiritually this summer. And I really think that's going to help you. It was the strangest thing because how did he know that? But that's, that's what happened, actually. And then, obviously, you had this break. And then, when did the spiritual awakening occur to you? Did you feel it straight away, or did it just gradually come in? Good question. When I found my lost heritage, when I discovered it, it was an immediate feeling of such intense joy 
like this was the treasure I was looking for in my own backyard, but I didn't even know that this deep spiritual wisdom existed before. When I found it immediately, I felt such joy. But of course, until I integrated it, that took some time. And, you know, and for the addictions to subside, to not feel that intense hunger anymore. But from when I was able to integrate it into my life, the wisdom of life, then I was never running on empty any longer. So ever since then, it's been a more joyful life because that hole was never as deep as it was back then. Yeah, and I can imagine because I'm not, you know, I haven't, can't experience it and say I understand, but it seems like a refreshing, like it was a reborn you, re vitalized you you felt a purpose exactly 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 those words i was searching for years to understand what's the purpose to life why i didn't see that the the reason for living once i was given the purpose to life then this whole all the grayness became of color again the whole world became bright and beautiful again because i could now understand our purpose for being here which which is what i was searching for before yeah and i know this allergy you know an allergy when you describe it it's like you got you said about being closed in and seeing only one sort of thing it's like those barriers those forms whatever you want to describe them just breaking away and seeing everything around you like as if you're a newborn and it is a reborn sense of feeling yes exactly and and in a way you're giving birth to your own soul which i didn't even know i was a soul like i didn't know i was a spiritual being until then I felt like I might be, I felt like, but you know, the whole, when a person has an addiction, they, the more desperately they try to fill it with external things, but it doesn't work. The hole gets deeper because it's not a physical hole. It's a spiritual hole. So nothing else is ever going to fill it. Yeah. Yeah. So this revitalized reborn you did you discover that feeling of how you felt when you first went to the nursery school where you thought everything's a challenge and i like that it, sense. it's kind of similar in the in that sense of oh my gosh this is paradise the i love what you said because it's almost an analogy the world became a paradise again now it's still filled with challenges. It's still filled with pain. Mm. But now there's an understanding that there's an ultimate good reason for everything. There's a purpose to it all. Because before this, it all felt like anarchy. There was no sense to anything. And why do people develop food addictions or other addictions? It's from a loss of a sense of control in life. 
you feel out of control and you feel the world is out of control. So, so, so regaining a sense of goodness about my own being and a, and a sense of goodness about the world and its ultimate purpose changed everything. Yeah. And obviously you talk about these subjects now to help people in your book for and as it said on um, you know about you wrote books for children which we talk about in a minute but i assume we talk you talk about that in the book what you've written for food addiction exactly my memoir is the only book that i wrote for adults because i'm i don't like to write big books this book is not a book i really wrote I took excerpts from my diaries, my journals, my letters. So it's like a documentary. You could see me developing the food addiction and then healing from it. You, you, it's like a psychological mystery that you go through with me. Because when I finished compiling the book is when I understood about the thread tying it all together and how I was able to heal by nourishing my hungry soul yeah and then now i like that because obviously that's where our journey is and that's what the purpose of the podcast is about you know journey because everyone has a journey and your journey's gone from light to dark to light again and it's just good to see that you've overcome that darkness in your life and you know and like you said there is still many bumps and turns and diversions on that but that is part of the life that is part of going on the journey you have to take sometimes the odd turn off but not deviate from it too much because you're staying focused and that's where your focus is now you stay in focus because you're writing books for children so that's where we go on to children you write in children's books. Now, you don't go into detail about food addiction in that because kids will think, was that, or they will just copy it. But children's books allows your imagination as a child to, to go everywhere. And I just like that because, you know, I've written a lot of it and published it. I've just written a book, but you have to be so creative. And that's where you're in a five-year-old looking at the nursery comes in because you see everything new so you got to make children's books that accommodating i i so appreciate your insights nobody has ever said this to me before tying in that little four-year-old girl with the fact that I write children's books now. I, I just love that you did that. That is so beautiful. And also talking about going from a place of light to darkness to light again. It does feel similar to that little girl. And that's why I've always been saying that I write the books for the girl I used to be, but you put it exactly into those words. I love it. Because, I don't know, you just made it come alive right now. That is who I am writing it to. That little four-year-old that saw the world with all its brightness so that children never have to go through that cynical, desperate stage of life later on. They, if they always understand the good purpose of life and you can gain the skills 
for how to have a joyful life early on, then you don't have to play catch up like most of us have to play later yeah. on in life. And that is the scary part when you do have to play catch up because you feel like when you do, you feel still so lost and so behind because you think, I should have done that two years ago. I should have done that 10 years ago. I should have done that 20 years ago. And that's the passion I feel because, you know, like I said, books are creative. You know, children's books more so because some are illustrated, so that does help. But when you don't have an illustrated children's book, you picture it and you've always heard of scenario about pictures makes a... So if you're listening to a podcast, I know this is visual as well, but if you listen to the audio, you just picture the presenter or the guest talking about it and you then emphasise, so it, it will build on your empathy. Yes. So you as a four-year-old, I can see it was like the reborn four-year-old you. You've seen how it could have been, and then you made it better, and you just relived that stage where it was dark, where you was young, where you didn't know much. So that mm -hmm. is the passion I feel from understanding that. Beautiful. Beautiful. It's the world opening up again. Yeah. Exactly. That's the feeling. And, and when I write my books, the funny thing is, I, I can get into a child's head like immediately. I feel like I'm that child. And usually the main character in my books is a, uh, a six-year-old boy. I I don't know why, but I that's how I identify in this book. And I'm a six-year-old boy in a lot of my books. And I'm, t I'm seeing the world through those eyes. And I could get into that headspace like in a moment because... I still see the world full of wonder, filled with questions, filled with possibilities. Right. And you said about it being a boy, that is good because alternate world, you know, in the alternate world, you're not the same person, you're the opposite. So the alternate is, in your case, a boy. In my case, it would be a girl. So it'd be, it wouldn't be right to be reflecting completely on yourself, even though you are writing by yourself. You were referring to yourself as the alternate sex in this situation. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. So, like, and in my books, like, a lot of the things, I say that what all my books have in common is they help children's souls to shine. But some of the books, they talk about how to have a healthy body because Part of letting your soul shine is having a healthy body. So I have books about prevention of abuse because, again, if a child is abused or neglect, their soul can shine fully. Very important to for children to learn about prevention of abuse and, of course, for parents to learn it. That's the thing. With a, with a picture book for very young children, Every age reads it. The parents read it. Grandparents read it. Every age. And even teenagers will pick up a book and look at it when no one's looking. So every age is reading a little child's picture book. It can, The message can reach everyone. And I have books about, um, let's stay healthy. Like, why is it important to, to eat healthy foods? 
Why is it important to move? Our bodies were designed to move. Why is it important to get enough sleep so we have energy the next day, we're happier the next day? Why is it important to even have good hygiene and wash with soap and water and brush our teeth and even floss our teeth, which mm-hmm. is something I never learned as a child, because we can't see all these germs. We, they're invisible, you know. And uh, another one of my books is called The Invisible Book because there's so many things we believe in that are invisible. You know, there's time, there's feelings, there's thoughts. The wind is invisible. We see the effects of so many things that are invisible. So it's not that hard to believe that we too, in essence, are invisible spiritual beings with energy that goes on forever. Yeah. So I always like to, you know, ask this last last few questions, but the last ultimate one is, how, um, first of all, what would you say to future people, you know, people listening or watching this, what would you say to them to be inspired for the future? Oh, what a beautiful question. If you, the main thing is to be inspired to live a joyful life. That's what I want to give people. And the way to live a joyful life is to be grateful because if we're not grateful for what we have right now, we are not going to be grateful for what we think will make us happy. That will last very briefly. It's the skills we need to develop our gratitude skills. And we can practice right now, right this moment with all the infinite gifts that we can enjoy right this moment in our lives. And lastly, how can people find your books and your website? How can people get in contact with you? Oh, okay. My children created a wonderful website. It's called thegetsbookshop.com. My last name is spelled G-O-E-T-Z, getsbookshop.com, where you could see presentations I give, all my books, my one book for adults and all the, like, there's 41 books for children. So, yeah. (laughs) Thank you for sharing your journey with us today. And and let's hope the inner soul will awaken in those people who desire, who crave for it, who are looking for that way out. Oh, Amen, that is so beautiful. Thank you so very much. Thank you. Thank you. That was The Journey, hosted by Wise Words Imaging, hosted by David Hackett. Be sure to like, subscribe and listen to another journey coming soon.